Hi, I'm Katie, and I've been an educator for over 20 years, from paraprofessional to 10 years as a classroom teacher, to principal to district administrator, I've done it all. Being an educator right now is challenging, to say the least. No matter the role, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and stressed out. I've been there, and I found the secret to a work-life balance that improved my life. Join me in discovering simple secrets that will help you step away from the noise and improve your life. Good morning, amazing educators. Hope you had a great week. We're getting to that time of year where we start thinking about the goals that we're setting uh, for teaching this year for our jobs, right? What are we trying to accomplish? And I thought it would be fun to think about how we set our own personal goals at the same time. And you could apply this also to your work goals. But I was thinking about setting goals, looking at outcomes, and how we get to uh, almost like cultivate our goals along the way. And I wanted to talk about that specifically, because we've been talking a lot about goals and different ways to get there. And I want to um, set the stage a little deeper on really how do we think about setting a goal, right? So the first question we always want to ask when we're setting a goal is why? Like, why do I even want to set this goal? Why is this important in my life? And this goes back a little bit to what we were talking about last week, uh, where we were talking about intention and purpose, right? So that why? So that there's your intention and purpose. Why do I want this goal? And here's something that I found for myself. When I do this work kind of all in my head, I get like these vague ideas of, oh, yeah, I want to do this and I want to do that. But it's really not the same as actually writing down the goal. And why? Because the minute you write it down, it is out there, it is real, and it has possibility. Okay, so there's something that you're committing to. By writing it down, there's a level of commitment there. It's not in your brain anymore. And it doesn't mean you need to share it with anybody. But writing it down tells our brain, no, this is real. This is possible. This is what I want to work towards. So the reason it's good to write it down also is your brain needs direction and it needs a little supervision. Right. So again, we know through all this brain research that the brain filters things based on what it already know knows. And we know it's always trying to avoid danger, right? Avoid fear, seek pleasure. That's the brain's job. But if we give it a job to put its intention to, then we say, no, no, this, you know, this isn't dangerous. This really is what we're working on right now. So writing it down is really important, giving your brain that direction and supervision. The other piece is when you do that, you create your future. You don't just repeat your past. Because remember, your brain also likes habits, and habits are entrenched. And we know that some habits for us get in the way and actually are barriers towards our goals. So once we put it down on paper, our brain has some direction. We're talking about creating our future. Again, this relates right back uh, to intention and purpose because now we're going to live a, delibor a deliberate life that we really want, 
right? We know that we want this to happen. Now, there are barriers, right? We've talked about that before. We're aware of our goals, but now we know there are some barriers. And so why do most people resist goals? Why do we resist this goal setting uh, in our lives? And sometimes it's because it's uncomfortable, right? Once we write it down, we're like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> right? There's doubt there. So sometimes we'll set goals that are too easy. So there's no discomfort, right? So it's not uncomfortable anymore. And we set it too easy. But we know and we know that we can set those little 1% goals to get us there. So if it's too easy to start with, that's okay. How do we build on that, right? We need to know exactly how we're going to do it so that we can avoid that doubt and that uncomfortableness. Because again, our brain will go to the past and all the reasons why maybe we tried this and it didn't work before. Uh, so now we're gonna say, no, this time's different. So what do we need to do? And this like chunking, just like we do with our lessons with our students, this chunking of our goals is really important because some people tend to overestimate what you can do in a short time. And we underestimate what we can do in the long term, right? So we think, oh, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds this month, <laughs> which sometimes is a bit of an overestimation, or I'm going to learn how to speak Japanese this month, uh, overestimation. But we also kind of negate what we can do in the long term because we are in a society of immediate gratification. So we might not want to take two years to accomplish this goal. Our brain's like, oh, that's too long. Might as well not do it at all. But here's what we know. Two years is going to come anyway. So two years from now, where do you want to be? Can you name it? Can you see where you want to be? Remember our question from last week? What, what do you hope to get once you, once you get there? Hope to feel and achieve once you get there? And does it matter whether it takes a year, two years, 10 years? Where do you want to be? Those years go by irregardless, right? So setting goals doesn't make you feel better necessarily it, but it does give your life direction, right? It's, it's not um, just rinsing and repeating all the habits that's all, already done, especially if you're looking for change in your life. So try not to overestimate what you can do in the short term and don't underestimate what you can do in the long term because those long-term little 1% changes, they snowball, right? We've talked about that before. So also, when you're setting these goals, you need to be looking at how do you need to think, feel, and do differently than you've done before to get there. And so that's why we always start with asking why uh, and who do you want to become that's different than the person you are now. So again, going back to last week's intention and purpose right? What do we want to see in that future? This really is how we do it. We think about, you know, what do we want? How do we want to get there? What are the chunks to get there? Who will I be once I get there? So here's what to write down. And the, some of this might sound familiar to you, right? 
uh, because really this is kind of loosely based on SMART goals, which we're familiar with. <laughs> but I want you to take this in a different way because often sometimes uh, when we are writing goals at work, it tends to be more of that compliance piece. Like this is something I have to do for work, right? But what if you really took it and you looked at it differently and you thought, okay, well, wait a minute, here are the things I'm going to write down because I have decided the why for this goal, right? What do I want to do? Here's why. This is why it's really important. So now how am I going to measure it? Right. How am I going to know I'm making progress towards that goal? So in our work, we know we have assessments that we're using. But what are our own personal steps? What's our own personal assessment? You know, I'm going to set out to um, do this new task five days a week out of the seven weeks. Right. Again, not aiming for perfectionism, uh, but aiming for something that's doable and achievable. We want to write those things in present tense. So be careful with things that um, appear to be something you can continuously put off, right? Because again, your brain's going to try to avoid that feeling of uncomfortableness. So that's where procrastination comes in, right? Which is also that feeling of fear and doubt that you can't get there. But write it in that present tense. I will. Today, I will. <laughs> and keep that vision there. Like what is, what is that ultimate vision of where you want to be? And what are the constraints? Because there are constraints, because I think that's the other piece of perfectionism and that other piece of overestimating what we can do in the short term is we're not thinking about all the constraints that are part of everyday life that sometimes, you know, I know I'm not going to, uh, you know, go for three hour walks on a work day, right? That's, there's a constraint there. Uh, I, eight of those hours, I have to be working. So uh, what are the constraints that you have? Write those down, right? Write them down. What are the things that you really see um, are not necessarily barriers, but constraints to what you want to do? And then you want to commit to it carefully. Because again, we don't want to get to a place where our brain is so freaked out that we're basically freezing. It's like, no, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. I do that tomorrow. If you find yourself putting off doing the steps towards your goal, ask yourself, have you made your goal too big and have overestimated what you can do in the short term? Because again, the time goes past, right? The time goes past. So what do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? What are the steps to get there? These are all things to write down and really, you know, meditate, meditate on, reflect on, you know, how do I get there? Show your brain there's a path. And if the path feels too undoable, make it more doable. Because again, friends, time goes back. Time, pa time passes, time goes back, time passes, regardless of whether we do something or not. So look back over your last five years. Were there, were there goals that you set five years ago that you have not achieved yet? Well, here we are five years later, proof that the time goes by regardless of whether we do something or we don't. So how do we make those things that might in our brain even feel like things that aren't going to get us somewhere, 
but realize that we're probably underestimating what we can do in the long term. And we make those little 1% changes. So here's another thing to think about. So what are the things that you have to grow into? So what are maybe some skills that you might need to acquire before you can get to that goal? Write those down, right? Write those down. This is all part of this goal setting. Goal setting doesn't happen typically for me anyway. It doesn't happen in one setting. It takes some revision. It takes some reflection. It takes some adjustment. Uh, it doesn't mean that I wait for the plan to be perfect or the goal to be perfect before I start. I'm doing this as I'm going along, right? Because again, I truly believe I love to be the scientist, not the judge. So I try these things. It might not work. And then I just adjust and try again. So as we're making this plan, work backwards. Start at the end. Where do you want to be two years from now, five years from now? And so what did you have to do to get there? And then articulate it back. It's backwards planning, right? We do this. Again, there's so many similarities between what we do as educators and this personal growth that we can do with ourselves. It is fascinating to me. But it really is applicable to what we do, right? So how are we moving about it, right? And if it's not working the way we want it to work, don't change the goal, right? Don't change the goal, but adjust your timelines. It's adjusting the timeline versus changing your goal. So, you know, what are, what are the do goals that you have? What are the actions that you have to take to achieve that goal. Work backwards. You won't know the how of getting there until you get there. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, but it's true. You, if we're really good at looking back and saying, oh, well, here's how I got there. So, you know, we could just do that. But really, as we're going through it, we really don't know what works until we find the thing that works and we're successful. So we won't know how to get there until we get there. And that's okay, right? We want to learn how to fail our way to success. Just like we want for our students. Mistakes are how we learn. We also need to take that mindset as we're working towards our goals. We need to learn how to fail in order to make those adjustments, in order to become successful, and we then learn the skill of accomplishing goals. That's how we do it, friends. We do it through trial and error. We do it through being curious and being the scientist versus being the judge. Now, here's what I also will say will come up as you're doing this goal setting and as you're moving towards goals, your brain is going to want to quit. And we have all set a goal in our lives. At some point in our lives, we set a goal that we quit on. And so thinking about what does quitting provide for us? So at first, it provides some temporary relief, right? So, oh, phew, I don't have to do that anymore. And we might feel some comfort in that, but that's false comfort because really what it's doing is stopping our growth in its tracks. And then it confirms our current reality 
of whatever that more negative thought that was a barrier to begin with, that thought that we're trying to be aware of, of I can't, I should, see, I can never, those types of thoughts. Now we've confirmed those. So we really want to stop and be aware at, in the moment when our brain offers, we should just quit. I don't know why we're doing this. It would be easier not to do this. I want you to pause and think about what quitting feels like and what accomplishment feels like. And then which one feels better? Really challenge your brain and write it down. Again, I highly encourage you, uh, if you're not a journaler, to, you don't have to like buy a fancy book and begin, you know, a sticky note and a five word sentence is the beginning of journaling. But as you're thinking about quitting, I want you to compare quitting versus accomplishment. Which one feels better? Write it down. Show your brain. While right now, quitting might feel like I'm going to have some relief. Accomplishment has feelings that we're proud of ourselves, that we have accomplished something that maybe we didn't think we could do. So it, it provides confidence. We, you know, we sit up taller. We present differently when we've accomplished something. Those feelings that accomplishment, uh, thoughts of accomplishment provide have us doing things that lead to more accomplishment. Right? Instead of spinning in that despair and overwhelm that often quitting will do. Because those thoughts about whatever our goal was to begin with, the core of why we want to reach that goal, the thing that we want to change, is still there when we quit. We'll still come back. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. But those thoughts will start to creep back. And then you start having those negative, well, I should have, if I had only. So be careful about quitting. And again, I would rather see you go back and say, okay, I might be overestimating what I can do in the short term. So I just need to adjust my action steps, my do goals. And maybe it's going to take me three years instead of two years. Maybe it's going to take me four years instead of three years. Make that okay. Because the goal is reaching the goal and achieving the goal. It doesn't matter how long it takes to get there. It really, really doesn't. Because once you get there, you have learned so much along the way. You have done so much skill building. You have done your ABCs. You have been aware. You've learned how to break down barriers. And you're creating new habits to reach that goal and feel that sense of accomplishment. So that's a little bit as you're setting your goals. Um, there are some things to think about there. I hope that's helpful for you. It might even be helpful for you in setting uh, your your goals, your student growth goals, and maybe your you know professional personal professional goals. Uh, what is it you truly want? Uh, how are you going to get there? Why why is this important? And then being aware of underestimating what you can do in the short term or overest overest uh, other way around <laughs> overestimating what you can do in the short term or underestimating what you can do in the long term. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have an amazing week. Remember to live joyfully. Check out my website, www.thejoyfuleducatorllc.com. Check out my free new resource, The Educator's Guide to Personal Growth. And I will see you all next week. Well, I won't see you. 
but you'll hear. We'll talk with each other next week. Have a great one. Live joyfully.